Hello. Hi. Welcome to The Downside with Jamarco Cerezi. I am Jamarco Cerezi, and I'm here with co-host Russell Daniels. How I, are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Jamarco? You're good? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I said like a question. Uh, yes, I am good. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, You're extra good. Extra good feel relief. I was very uh, anxious all week. I had my first cardiologist appointment in three years. Got some high blood pressure, and um, it was all good. And when um, you first went, was that the first time you were like, oh, fuck, I got heart things I need to be concerned about? Yeah, well, basically, I, I was get, doing something like a normal, like getting checked out for some sort of thing, like a normal thing, and they were like, your blood pressure is, this is in 2014, is astronomical. Like That's the word they used. Well, they were like, they were like, they kind of looked like, you know, like you should be like, like fainting, like how high it was. And then, and, and it, it runs in the family and blah, 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 blah. So, um, but I got put on medication and then it was like, I was with that, it was fine. But then COVID happened. So I haven't been in three years and I like, and basically they were like, we're going to stop letting you have this pill for your blood pressure if you don't come and get a checkout because you know you can only go so long yeah, yeah so um but i get so anxious i get like it's i don't have a lot of anxiety normally like too much in my life uh-huh. um but i get so anxious when i'm at the cardiologist like i can feel my blood pressure go up so uh he's very nice he's a sweet funny man and he just kind of sits with me and let's like lets me kind of ramble and talk and he just keeps taking it and taking it until it's normal until I like calm down. That's good. Yeah. And he keeps the thing on the whole time. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, it's it, like, he doesn't, he's like, ah, the machine's not really ca-, like, he's like, the machine is stressing you out. Cause you know, they have the nice machines now. Sure. Um, so he does it by hand cause it, 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 it gets better results. <laughs> He does it. By he like hand? Do, he does the old fashioned like pump with a like. Oh a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they they have like electric ones now. You just put the cuff on. I thought he's just like putting his hand on your forehead. That's good. No, Feels but good. the electric one makes noises, and he can tell like that. Like sure. Me out. So, um, yeah. So it was normal. Everything was good. Did all the tests. You know, mm-hmm. EKG, all that stuff. Well, Everything good. Was good. Yeah. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. Because we're gonna be doing this for 30 more years. Yeah. Oh, and I need you for all of them. Oh. I uh, hopefully more than 30. 50. Oh God. I don't think <laughs> we'll, will we be a country? We haven't worked out the contract okay. yet. Will um, we be a country in 50 years? The downside can survive the fall of yeah, America. Yeah, 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 sure. We're here today with a very special guest. Was glad you could come. Uh, we work together a lot at the comedy cellar. Um, uh, he's, he's, uh, he writes for the daily show. He's been on comedy central Netflix, every comedy platform. Uh, welcome Josh Johnson. Welcome to the downside. How, How's it going? Good. Thank you for joining How's us. How's your health? Is it good? Um, my health's pretty good. I a oh, quick question. Don't want to derail anything. No. Can I turn the volume down my ear like just a bit? Because I didn't want to interrupt your intro. That's so sweet. And no. I, okay. Russell's like, my heart is great. Is this better? This, is, this is amazing. Yeah. This is, well, what a great way Actually, to start. I'm going to do that too. Oh my John Jesus Marco, fucking is this Christ. No. Oh my God. No, okay. I think your number, you got it? Yeah. That's, this is that's the better. downside. Listening to the downside. The downside. With John Well, your heart may be healthy, but a lot of things are not right now. Yeah, and that's what we're we're here. I'm very uh, well, Russell. I this this is new. I got a bookshelf here. This is new. This on the wall is new. You're still sitting in the nice chair. We have two more on the way. But here's what happened, and this is my this is my complaint of the day. So. I got this chair for the podcast studio. This feels like it's almost a podcast studio. It yeah, feels I think like once safe to call we have that. chairs. Once we have chairs. Yeah. 
And we're sitting, just for people listening and don't watch it on YouTube, we are sitting on something, yeah. but they're not very comfortable. No. And I call Wayfair, where I got these from, Kelly Clarkson, who's now the spokesman for Wayfair. I don't know how much money oh. she needs, that she needs to be the spokesman for it. But they sent me the wrong color. So then I got it reshipped. Then I got pushed back a month. Then I got pushed back two months. And they, and they, and they said, it's there. We're just warehouse difficulties. And finally got pushed back for like the third month in a row. Yeah. And I call and I'm, I listen, if I ever get canceled, it will be because they're always recording Those, these yeah. customer service messages. Someone will make a compilation of all the times I yelled at just people who, whose fault it was not. Yeah. But here's why I defend myself. I called them. I said, this is insane. These chairs, are they ever coming? You say they exist, but they're never going to come. And the woman said, okay, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a note to the warehouse letting them know you want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she did. Next day, I get the email. It's going to be here in like two days. Okay. And so there's a certain degree of I'm an asshole and I'm rude on the phone and I'm obnoxious, but... We have created a world where if you don't do that, you can't get the thing yeah. that you paid for. Yeah. I would not have gotten these chairs. I would, it would have been delayed month after month. And when she was telling me what she was going to write down in the note, I was like, what are you saying in this note that, yeah. that I wanted? So that you think they're, they're doing their work based on ranking of like how much of an asshole someone is. Because like, otherwise you'd be just, I don't know when they'd get to I, I don't what's, know What's preventing it? It's there, right? Yeah, the point is that like they just needed to, what does that mean you needed to add a note? Yeah, that's that's like that's like you order uh, a Starbucks coffee and then it, it doesn't come out for an hour. So you say, hey, can I have my coffee? And they go, oh, you wanted it. Great. Well, we'll make sure you get it now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, I, I can't believe you didn't do more cursing when she was like, you want it? Because that that would have been even though she was helping you and fixing your problem. It's like that would have been the moment to go off. Like, I don't think anyone would have blamed you if you want it was like where you lost it even yeah. though it's the per and that's actually the most unfortunate thing is because it starts out the, the corporate structure is built up specifically so you will never meet whose fault it is exactly then yeah. on top of that they they made it so that they padded themselves with person after person after person right so then they take the full brunt of their day and they hate their life and it's like that's the structure but then when that person actually says something that's like infuriating you almost want to go off squared because you're like this isn't your fault but what you just said has exposed the entire like, yes. like the entire structure behind you like it's almost as if this person on the phone had been like oh do you want the address of the guy who won't ship it to you yeah and yes. then you're like <laughs> yes i could have had that the whole time yeah. i could have had that the whole time and then it's hard I, not to go off i wish there were more leaks of like I want to know the CEO of Delta Airlines. I want his number. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to harass him mm -hmm. and yeah. ruin his family dinners mm -hmm. by calling and saying, what the fuck is going on? Because they, 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 But that's, that's the problem. You have to deal with these people and it's not their fault. No. But I have, I don't get the chair. Yeah. My yeah. options are either I push or I don't get the chair. Yeah. yeah. And that is... That we have to figure this out, yeah. Because there's just going to be more and more people like me who realize the only way to get through online. I had a different thing. I ordered uh, these koozies. These koozies. I've been waiting half a year for these koozies. These jokes. These are, are merch koozies, not uh, like personal. I like, figured. Like yeah. these. I need these beers are freezing my hand, leaving <laughs> ring stains. 
And I called and they said, they're finally, they're shipping them out. I'm like, what, do you know when you're shipping in there? And they're like, we don't know. And I was like, and Wait, any- they said, we're finally shipping it out. And then, well, like, so they said, we're going to, don't worry, we're going to ship it out. Then I waited a month, nothing. And I said, Hey, I just want to see it. Did they ship out? And they're like, Oh, not yet. And I was like, Oh, when do you think they will? And they're like, we, it's impossible to know. And I said, I said, so, so how I said, I said, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with that? Could it be a year? And they're like, we don't know. And I was like, well, that is unacceptable. And then next day they're both shipped. They both my koozie packages are shipped. Yeah. This is not good. Yeah. And I know how yeah. to do it because my dad was this complainer. Yeah. Like I, I know how to, I, I, I will say you guys are stealing from me. That's my new line. Oh my God. You guys are stealing from me. Yeah. Cause they are. Yeah. But I feel guilty afterwards and I just don't know. Society, it feels like it's just getting worse and worse in that direction. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what the solution I, is. I am very different from you. And uh, you I wouldn't have the chairs. Don't get my things. You would say, you know what? The yeah. podcast is now a sit on the floor podcast. <laughs> um, also, I did have a customer service thing happen today. So when I went to the cardiologist, they did like the survey thing after your, like, how was your appointment? And, uh-huh. and so I went through and I did, I never do them, but I was like, I'll do it. Cause I had a good time with the doctor. And actually in the office, I had had a problem in the past getting through the office, like when my prescription needed to be renewed. So the doctor was like, I told him this, the appointment, he said, yeah, don't call the office. It's a nightmare. Here's my cell phone. To like just cut out the middleman, just go right to him if I have an issue with the thing. So in the survey, I said, um, I gave everything great reviews except the f- the uh, the front office. Like if you call it, like calling the the office. But then the 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 receptionist called me today to ask what issues I had had. In the, I thought this was an anonymous survey. And so she was like, You get a knock on the door. Like, hey, hey, what the like, fuck? Hey, That's my um, system. She goes, Hey, do you, so you put in the survey that, that you had a poor experience calling our office. Um, I just wanted to know more about that with your appointment. And I said, Oh, well, it wasn't my appointment. It was in the past at, when refilling prescriptions. And so she just said, Oh, so it didn't really apply to to your recent appointment like being like why did you do yeah. this in the survey it was a very and i was like yeah. oh, oh no yeah you actually can, yeah. this applies right now because yeah. i can feel the tone you're getting with me <laughs> i, I feel like, like filling out another survey actually I, was like, I thought this was anonymous Where, like the person that i basically ratted on was like why'd you give me a bad score and, oh, I, and it was like yeah i was like i didn't know I won't be ta- I won't be doing another survey again ever in the future because i didn't want that to happen again well that's why i just feel like the only solution is Listen, I don't want to say execute all the CEOs in the world. Okay. Because that's not legal to say, I don't think, to like really call well, for Well, then there will be new ones. But too. I want CEOs to to have to take those calls. You want to have to, like, undercover have to boss. deal. I, what? You want the show Undercover Boss for, for Undercover everything. Boss, but like it's not like fun and yeah. it's not cute. Yeah, it's like yeah, you yeah. suffer. DoorDash does this thing where yeah. everyone in the company is supposed to do one delivery a month. Oh, you know what the thing is, the problem with those things, because I worked at Aldi for a while. Okay. Uh, and Aldi has a program where if you, no matter what they hire you as, I think you have to do one week as each thing. So even if you're oh. going to be a district manager, right, you have to have a week as a cashier and then a week as a shift manager, then a week as a store manager. And then... Uh, no week as CEO, by the way. No week of like enjoy being the CEO of the fucking company. You have to like, so then it's in order to have that big position, you have to do a week as those other positions to know what it's like. But to me, that's also like not enough. And when you do that, 
nobody, like everyone knows that you're on that track. So you get a very different experience. It's yeah. like if the boss's son became an intern. It's like he's not getting treated like any other intern. So then the week, the one week that you are a cashier, all the cashiers know you're going to be their boss in like a month. So it's not the same like sure. you're, you're actually in the trenches like getting spit on or coughed on or whatever. You're actually like, oh, hey, do you want to do this while I do this? And it's like in real life, if you were just a cashier for good, no one would ask you that. They'd be yes. like, go yeah. do the thing. You're like all and then all the way up, your bosses are nice to you. So when you guest at a store as a cashier for like a week, mm-hmm. that that store manager knows you're going to be his boss in three weeks. So then even he's like, and we usually do it like this. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's yeah, not yeah. talking to you like a regular boss. So it's like you, the, the undercover boss of it that I've always liked about the idea of that show is that they could actually buy a random customer be spit on. Like, yes. it's like, it's yeah. like they could get the full immersive experience of what it's like to work at whatever company they have by being like undercover. Cause then they would also tell us, Sure. Like, I remember someone told me they were like, oh, yeah, this isn't like I met, she did a different store for her cashier week. But then her store manager week, she was like touring our store. And so someone was telling me about it. And I'm like, I shouldn't even know this is happening. I'm obviously going to yeah. treat her different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, like, yeah. like, this is I like crazy. explaining that I would be cursing at her way more. I'd be treating her like shit. Well, I'm, I just mean I like I'm going to be treating her really nice, of course. Yeah. like extra nice. Of course. I was always nice to my coworkers, but I wasn't so nice that. It was like for something like it's like this very well me be my district manager in two months. So it's like whatever impression I leave has to be good because they're your future boss, even though right now they're like a subordinate or on the same level as you. So it's like most of those those things that people even try to do still have so much cushioning socially in there that you almost can't you almost have to just be an undercover boss. Sure. For for a month every year. And no one ever knows when you're going to do it. No, like when you're doing it, they they actually say you're like in vacation. Yeah. So yeah. then they'll tell people that call the office, hey, he's in vacation right now. Don't bother him. Right. But then you're actually kind of doing the DoorDash thing. But as someone that nobody knows, so it's not your district. It'll just be like some like part of town where you're doing a shift mm-hmm. and no one knows. And that's the only way you'll know. Yeah. Every other effort is like weirdly still protecting you in your own structure of a company. And maybe that's why I don't, uh, I think especially for like airlines or for travel things, I feel about this about the New York mayor of for sure, where I'm like, you should have to take the subway everywhere you go. Everyone should have to take the subway because you, if, if the undercover thing doesn't always work, it's just like you have to deal with the product that you are. If yeah. you if you if Delta yeah. if you have your own private jet go fuck yourself that is insane yeah you should yeah. have to use your airlines and only your airlines and when there's a cancellation you miss the merger deal yeah it's like and you get when, a coupon for twelve dollars it's like when a cook is like I don't eat here you're like oh oh no <laughs> what yeah yeah like I've been at at like restaurants my friends have worked at and then uh, you know because I'm friends with my friend who's a server. Or something, I end up meeting the line cook or meeting, you know what I mean? Just meeting yeah. people in the kitchen. And then every once in a while, like, it especially when I lived in Louisiana, every once in a while somebody would be like, no, I don't eat there. <laughs> and I'm like, why? <laughs> and it's not, it's never because they're sick of the food because they've eaten it so much. It's always no. like something yeah. harrowing. 
that you find it's like, oh no, there's like a rat's nest in the back, and like we keep calling the exterminator, but they never come. Sure, yeah. So it's always that stuff. I think it's funny now working at the comedy cell it's been a little different but before some of the venues i'd work <laughs> they'd be like oh you're performing there we'll come see a show and i was like no don't no don't come to this particular place yeah. that's very funny don't don't no don't come to lol to see me <laughs> someday so let's poor, hope i'm best poor lol. <laughs> poor lol man we get a lot of shout outs on the show yeah. i'm sure they appreciate the press <laughs> Well, uh, uh, well, let's uh, start with Louisiana then, because I don't know anything. About, I mean, you love New Orleans, mm -hmm. but I've heard you say that New Orleans isn't necessarily indicative of Louisiana. Where in Louisiana did you grow up? Alexandria, so like not New Orleans at all, and the middle of the state where nothing is happening. It's like once our military base closed, it was like downhill. Uh, so when did it close? Like ninety? Was it ninety five? It closed when I was a little. So I re actually remember, I have like f vague memories of like a bustling city. Mm. And then ever since then, even now, like if we, all three of us went now, you'd be like, wow, Josh, I had no idea you were in eight mile two. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you would, you'd be like, this is, this is insane. You know, like there are parts, there are parts of it that are very nice. Yeah. So I can't act like those parts don't exist. But what I will say about that is that even now when I travel, I only ask my broke friends how places are. Because rich people will make any place dope. Yeah. They have money, mm -hmm. you know? So then you go around Alexandria, and it's like so much of it is trash. And then you hit these, like, nice parts, and you're like, oh, is this even the same place? But it's like, oh, no, but that's where the doctors and the dentists live. I see. Mm -hmm. So it's like, of course, that's going to be good. Um, but, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Are the family still back. there? Nah, nah, everybody's... Well, I have some family there, but uh, most of my family is in um, Georgia now, which is much easier. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's much easier to travel, um, get easy flights, cheaper flights. Atlanta? Yeah. That's from nice. here, it takes... it From here, it takes at least two flights for me to get to Alexandria. And they're not good flights, and there's only, like... You literally... Like, the stars have to align for you to get home. It's insane. I am learning so much more about geography because of college gigs. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm really like learning more. Like you, you find out places that there's no airport near them. You yeah, just start yeah. like, yeah. so I'll get gigs sometimes. And you're like, Oh great. Cool. College gig, 1500 bucks, whatever. And then you're like, Oh, this airport has two flights a year. Yeah. You have to fly to Boise and, like and then take a drive. three hour drive. Yeah. Some of these colleges too. I'm like, yeah. Oh, these poor parents having to visit their, I would never visit my kid if it was yeah. this far away. They're not even yeah. getting paid to visit their kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. It's like, it's like when, when I started dating my girlfriend, I would bring her back. Um, usually like a t-shirt from where I'd been because it was like, uh, that's the gift. I'm figuring that out. Yeah. She well, she's also from Australia. So like at, at, at the beginning, there was like a novelty to it. Um, because yeah. maybe I go to Chicago or I go to LA or whatever, right? But then when I started doing more college stuff, there's no like nobody wants a normal Illinois shirt, and that's actually what what let me know where my career was at the time because I was like, wow, this shirt. First of all, the shirt was hard to find, so people from here don't make a shirt for here. And then I'd bring it back, and she was like, as sweet as she is, she'd be like, you don't need to bring me a t-shirt every time. Like it was Aww. like that's enough. It's like which is the sweetest way to say I don't need like um, a Kransit Arkansas shirt. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. 
it's like, okay, that's fair. That's fair. But that's the easy gift. I'm figuring out. I'm trying to do gifts every weekend. I'm away for my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and that's that but where seems you, like oh you're like the the gifts are at like the gift shops like because it's a college. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, different. Yeah, the college or the I'm airport. Ha- I'm having a hard time imagining like like you said like where I would even find a t-shirt with a town's name on. Like what? Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like when I was in Hawaii, they had Hawaii candles. But like uh-huh, if you go to man. South Dakota, there's no South Dakota candle. You wouldn't want to light that. No. Yeah. Who knows what that smell is? It smells like rocks. <laughs> uh, so also what you sh- what you should do, you can also cut this out if you want because it I don't, you don't want to give it away. But oh, uh, sure. you should, when you finish the school, just ask for one because they'll usually just hand oh, you one. You don't need to buy anything yeah. at their gift shop. Just ask them because they're so excited that you're there. Yeah. That, like they'll they'll run and get you one. You know what I mean? Like, I gotta or even put or it in even, your rider. Yeah. Like even if you put it in the rider of like, and I, I he, need a full wardrobe from this. I want the sweatpants. It's like a big shirt. fan of, you know what I mean? Like. I would the, love my whole mascot. wardrobe was just random colleges, small, small satellite colleges, yeah. specialty colleges. Yeah. That's where, you know, where like my college performing career is at. It's like this, this college is just for people who study microbiology of <laughs> anteaters. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, that's the college I'm performing. I at. did a college one time that was just a um, technical college, but yeah. it wasn't like regular technical college. It was technical in that the only subject, there were only like eight majors at the college and they were all the most advanced forms of the science that they had. So it's like when you say technical college, people think like welding, plumbing, whatever. Yeah. This was like, I don't even know why technical is in the name because it was like clearly a prestigious like math and science university. Right. Yeah. But then I go there, I do the show and then the students wanted to like take us out to eat afterwards. And the students are telling us about a hierarchy I could not have imagined where basically the bio majors are the bottom and then chemistry majors are right on top of them and everyone else bullies them they call them they call they call them kimmies and they will slap the books out of their hand oh so imagine what are they doing at the top what are they what are they so so proud of i think at the top are like your actual full-on like rocket scientists and then you're uh and then there's um what was it? There was one of them that was like, I mean, basically the person who would splice together like people with animals. I don't even know what the name of the major is, but uh-huh. basically there was like, there was a bio version that was like higher, but then the bio people that were, this kid said this to me at the dinner, right? Yeah. He was like, cause like the bio majors, it's like, that's barely science, man. <laughs> With a straight face, like that's barely signed, like like completely justifying whatever mistreatments they're not telling me about. Like, imagine getting hazed, but like at a school of nerds. So it's it's not even like like if any of these kids went to another college, they would be the Kimmies. Yeah. yeah. But then, and chemistry, by the way, like chemistry of yeah. all things, they're like <laughs> the Kimmies are a joke, and it's like whoa, it was it was so. Jarring. I don't know if they see you as the comedian and the, the bio and chemis are like, finally, we're going to bully the shit out of this kid. He doesn't know anything. Well, I told, I volunteered. I was like, yeah, there, you realize you there's dumber people. Books, hit this out of my hand. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve one. There's, there's dumber people in the world than the people who got into this school and are going to go. And then also, by the way, the, the bio and chem majors are going to go on to be successful. 
So it's sure. not as if yeah. it's not a, like there was. OK, so there was one at the table who was a little like you could tell was just swallowing it because they knew they were outnumbered. Yeah. But I was even talking to them at one point and they were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to. Um, so I'm a senior. This is my last semester because I guess they were going to graduate early because they're even that smart to like graduate early in the technical. Anyway, so then they were like, yeah, I took a job with Exxon for about like 120. So I think that's a good start. And I was like, this is the kids you're bullying. (laughs) That's why they're like, I don't care about destroying the earth. Kill all these bullies on this planet. Yeah. I just want my money. 100%. I remember when my friend, uh, he went to Stanford for business, and them, them just talking about just making six figures right out of college. Mm-hmm. Just being like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. I, it, I, I would love... You making six figures at your job? No. Okay, yeah. What a, what a weird... I, I, you're you're I very squeamish you about money. I, I love to I just know, you're put like, it out of the open. I got seven hundred dollars for because this gig. They, I got because they, they see it all goes back into this podcast studio. They're gonna <laughs> no. see the wealth here. They're gonna go. Something's going right for Joe Marco. He got a new bookshelf, <laughs> and then it's broken the next time. I uh, I don't know if this. Yeah, this might not have anything to do with anything. That's, uh, listen, that's, that's what great. podcasts that's are for. The, yeah. I, I think that my main thing that's been bothering me a lot for maybe like especially the past two years because uh, pandemic life has changed the trajectory of all of it and how we focus on it. I think I'm uh, done with people who like announce their dating standards because they're lying. Mm-hmm. Of course. Like, they're always lying. Like it's, it's never actually, I won't say that. Can you the, give an example of like not what, a real person? Yeah. But when that. people are like, uh, you know, I just want like, a cool person that's like like whenever they make themselves sound ridiculously reasonable <laughs> i'm like no don't no because also they'll act like i don't know them so it's like i remember the last three yeah. partners you had so i know that's a lie uh-huh you know what i mean yeah. and then it's i think i i especially feel for it with like the people i feel for it the most with i think are like female comics because what happens in the world? Don't get Russell started on female comics, okay, my okay, God. Okay. But I'm saying, like, what what happens in the world, right? Is that we as comedians just do we do we do our thing, and people come and watch us, and they like us, don't like us, whatever, whatever the thing is. What ends up happening is that outside looking in, you'll always have a dude that's like, man, I just want a girl that's like chill that can hang, and it's like no one can hang like. Like a like a female comic is the best hang you're gonna get if we're talking about hanging out right, and sure. joking around and all and stuff like that. But then they start dating a comic and then she comes and then she's hanging out with your friends and she's a better hang than you and now yeah. you can't handle it. So now you're like, hey, this is my friend. You should be making my friends laugh at the barbecue. That's my job. And yeah. then and then people don't actually want it. It goes the same way with uh with a lot of women to male comics because like like a lot of people will be like, I just want, like, a lot of, even some of my female friends do it. They'll be like, I just want a guy that's, like, cool and funny and everything. It's like, all right, first of all, first of all, you're going to make whoever you're attracted to funny. That's what's going to happen. Sure, sure. I I can't tell you how many times, knowing that I do comedy, a friend of mine will be like, you should meet my boyfriend, he's so funny. And then this is the (laughs) blandest... The just, Do you think it goes the, the other way around, or just women to man? Because I feel like if I'm with a, if I'm with a woman who's not funny, mm-hmm. I'm not. I can't. I can't fake it. 
I, I don't fake it. I don't like, like there's some, this is a thing of that's so detached about attraction to me is that because men are more like visually stimulated when it comes to attraction, mm-hmm. then there's just going to be things that we're like, no matter how rude it seems or no matter how odd it comes off, we're just going to be like, oh no, I know this is like even a bad person, but they're a hot person. Sure. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're a bad person, especially if you're a bad person to a woman, you will become less hot to her eventually. So I've known women who are like, uh, in the beginning, they're like, oh, he's so cute or whatever. Then he does like two, three things and they like don't see him the same way. And that doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, he has the same face. See, I think I'm more uh, more like the, the the woman in this scenario. I remember Probably. once there was a show where there were some hecklers. Yeah. These two very attractive women were heckling and I was with uh, Lucas Connolly and J.P. McDade. And they were they were like and they were, after the show. I wish were, I was there. What a hang! <laughs> they were the kind of hecklers who like afterwards like came up and like, sorry, sorry. It was really funny. And they were like kind of flirting and whatever. And I was yeah stone. Yeah. I said they they tried to hug me. And I said don't touch me. Yeah. And JP and, and Lucas, they said, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. They were like, oh, we would have totally hooked up with them had they been interested. And I was like, I wouldn't you. touch them with a 10 foot pole, yeah. which yeah. my dick. But, I wouldn't give them the, the, the pleasure, the joy yeah. of being with me, not in a million years. But but how how old are you? 33. That's like a 33 year old thing to say. I feel like a 23 year old you might have been like, ah. Yeah, you know I, mean? I could see that. But I you're you're, that, pretty, but you're pretty sensitive to like getting like something like that, like a a heckler, like a that enrages you. Uh, you know, oh. I, I feel like any kind of. I'm thing, not hooking up with any heckler. Yeah, but I think I think for instance, if if we can take heckling out of it for a second, yeah, because this this is the thing that I think is is what's so odd about it is that as men and women we treat the thing we the same, we just don't arrive to the same conclusion at the same time. So like I will I will see people have like uh let's see the best example i can give i guess is that i think that there are people regardless of gender that are shallow but honest and we Mm -hmm. usually punish those people so then people who are like oh i just want like a tall guy who has like a big dick or whatever (laughs) or if it's like oh no i just want like you know, uh, a pretty girl with some big titties. It's like, we call them shout, but they're the only people being honest yeah. about their standards. Yeah. Anyone sure. who, anyone who's like going into like all this esoteric stuff, usually they, they, that means they're either settling when you finally see them with someone. Cause then the things they said they wanted a partner are the same things that they end up complaining about in the relationship. Yeah. So it's like, so you didn't get it. Well, that's the thing with like all, there's a lot of like people who really lean into like dating comedy mm-hmm. and it's always like, well, you pick these people. Yeah. You, you picked, it's like you keep complaining yeah. about the restaurant that you keep going to yeah. despite there being other restaurants. So there's yeah. just, there's a hypocrisy to the whole, the whole thing. I, I yeah. felt that way when, cause like, uh, cause my wife and I met on, on Tinder and I feel like sometimes you talk to people about any sort of dating app thing. And they'll have story after story, uh, nightmare stories. And they'll be like, I just keep meeting crazy people. And you're like, well, but w- then do a little bit of work before you go out with a psychopath. Like, do it like do, it. You have a little bit of a responsibility in this thing to 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 yeah. figure out, you know, like it just it just feels like, yes, like you're setting yourself up if you're just agreeing to every single thing and not yeah. doing any sort of homework. I mean, at a time. I'll tell you right now, one of the most like it was it made me laugh out loud. It was over the weekend 
a friend of mine just like so astutely just pinned herself to like what the problem is because she was kind of talking about like not dating woes but i was just we were talking about like dating in general right yeah and just like the unconventional ways people have to meet now and Mm -hmm. just like just like the like there's a point in the pandemic where you were like this okay i'm gonna go out i'm gonna try to get laid but this could be a death lay (laughs) like they they could they could because especially when we didn't know much about the pandemic in general and we just thought young people couldn't get it and would be okay yeah. like remember that point sure yeah. when we started finding out people in their 30s were dying and you still went to like essentially have a one night stand because there's really no reason to be going to someone's apartment at midnight when you can't like you you're, you're not bringing a picnic with you you know what i mean yeah. so yeah. then we're all like so isolated and horny that there are people who were just like i guess i'm gonna risk it and it's like so we were having that conversation and yeah. then she was basically like yeah, I think a lot of my dating problems are because right now I'm only ever attracted to interesting people. And right now, the most interesting people to me are like mentally ill. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like, you know how much therapy regular people have to go to yeah. to end up that that conclusion. And then she just like laid it out like immediately. She was just like it was almost like an afterthought to her where she was we had been talking for like maybe 15 minutes. And then she finally like you could tell she was thinking short looked up and she was like. Yeah, I think I was like, wow, that's very funny. Wow, that's incredible. I would attach that to like, I think especially dating Tova, like I think I really understood how much a sense of humor or being funny is part of what I'm like attracted to. But I think humorous people come with anxiety, mm-hmm. come with like, I do think there's versions of that that we all have. The thing that we're attracted to, it does come with these. Yeah, these, yeah. It comes with caveats that are that are are not always like, like the thing about dating a comedian is that nothing especially if you're a working comic nothing about what we do is actually healthy of course so, not. so like so even every the, comic will tell you they'll tell me all the time you gotta let your girl know comedy's number one you love comedy more than her and yeah. i'm like are you out of your mind you think i'm gonna go i'm gonna go admit <laughs> yeah. that to my why, why would you volunteer <laughs> that yeah. information yeah. to no one that asked uh, yeah and then <laughs> let me come up with an arbitrary <laughs> ranking system that's unnecessary to make you feel like yeah. number yeah. two yeah and then on top of that there's nothing that's actually okay the best way i can describe dating a comic is like we, we go out, we go to clubs, we do our thing, and that's sometimes even how we meet our partners, right? So then we are, like, comedians are like strippers, right? Mm-hmm. So you see me, you see me doing my thing, you like what you see, everything. Then you're, like, attracted to me, maybe even because I do it. Then we're hanging out, and there's a point where, you know, once we're together, a lot of people will be like, yeah, but you would quit stripping for me, though, right? And it's like, nah, I strip. This yeah. is what I do. <laughs> I agree. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like that's a tough that's a tough thing to to reconcile with on top of the fact that in order to be good at comedy, you have to be deeply self-aware and you have to be uh depending on the type of comedy you do, but for the most part you have to be like deeply analytical. And those two things lose their luster almost immediately because a self-aware person will also lay something out to you that you aren't ready to like so a self-aware person the same way that they can take themselves apart essentially and break down why they did something or why they are the way they are maybe they can probably do that to you 
And maybe you didn't sign up for that. So it's a very different conversation if I'm talking to my friend and I'm like, from all the stories that you've told me, it kind of sounds like you're attracted to interesting people. And right now for you, the most interesting people are mentally ill. That's a very different thing to say to someone than to have someone say about themselves. Yeah. You know, it's like one is, wow, I want to know more about your journey. And one is we're not friends anymore. (laughs) Sure. Sure. And I think. I think with my my current girlfriend, we're both. She's I consider her a comedian, even though she's like she has to me very much a comedian's mind. And she's so in the we world both, as well. What was that? She's in the world as well. Yeah. So she like she. Oh fuck, Russell, your camera fucking died. Oh. I'm gonna figure out that with my phone. Um, okay. Yeah, she's of the world, but she just like so we both I think have that analysis about each other, and that's why we we can we can see it. And yeah. have like tough conversations because of it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, and that's why. You, but I need to be with another comedian because I think if you're not, sometimes you feel like it's one sided in a way. You have this like tool. I I think that it can be, but it depends on what the other person does and what their mind is like. Because there are plenty of people yeah. who have like comedic minds that aren't funny. So then it's like that thing is still kind of the same to me. I think a deeply analytical person in a different way will still fulfill Mm -hmm. that, even though they won't really get why it's so frustrating that this callback didn't work tonight, I think they'll still get why you need comedy. Sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I I think that at the end of the day, that, that basis is the biggest thing. And I think that for a lot of comedians, I guess one thing I will say is that in all of my dealings with friends, acquaintances, everything, the types of people that I personally don't see running around saying dating standards are comedians. I feel like I don't catch comedians at all doing that thing. Beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Beggars can't be choosers. And I'll like... Even past that, there's something about like the self-awareness it takes. Because this, this is my biggest pet peeve with it. This is what gets me upset. When people talk about their dating standards and what they would like, all it is is a checklist of dope stuff. Yeah. No one, you never hear anyone go, I need someone who is very patient because I can be a lot. Sure. Like, that's, well, that's what yeah. I think. I think that we always talk about what you want. And I'm more about like, what can you handle? All human beings are flawed. Mm-hmm. What flaws can you handle? And like, I think I can handle uh, anxiety because I'm anxious. So I know what that is. So I know how to like respect it in someone else. And it's so like, sometimes I think we always, we, we always go about it as, oh, I want this out of person. I want this out of person. As opposed to like, here are the flaws that I am able to take mm-hmm. along with all the good things that a person can be. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll even, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not saying names, so they'll, they'll never know. <laughs> but I'll even volunteer this. I had a friend who was like, you know, I want a dude that, and it was, it was a, not only a long list of both superficial things and like, um, like deeply character driven things that someone would only get to after like years of working on themselves. Uh-huh. But when she finished the list, I was like, let, let's be honest though. Why would, why would that person want to be with you? <laughs> because, cause like yeah. this is the thing you listed a dope person, but you cheat. <laughs> So it's like, why do you just want to ruin a person? Like, yeah, that, yeah. that sounds like a great part. I would tell that person to run from you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's it's like that thing of acting like 
you know, first of all, what you want and what you need are going to be two different things. And then you're never going to know till you're in it. So then when people the like almost alongside with what we started talking about, uh, I actually feel like so many people treat dating like a lot of companies, especially like retail companies treat hiring because it's like, People can talk a big game. You won't know till you hire the person. So stop making it some big deliberation because they can either move grapes or they can't move grapes. Yeah. They're either going to show up on time or they won't. And then you're you're in it. So no matter how much you deliberate and, and you like, I got a really good feeling off of this person from this interview or whatever, this date, whatever, mm-hmm. you're not going to know until you're in it. So like you you overanalyzing it is just feeling like you can control it, which you can't. Cause it's another person, you know? And it's like that, that whole thing of like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. It's like, all right, I bet you there's three other qualities that can throw that, that throw like a wrench in those gears and you take that other person. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I need, you know, I need someone who is a good listener, really sweet, um, very driven, you know, just ambitious and everything or Margot Robbie. I it's think like, that's why I was skeptical about dating apps to begin with because it feels like I always felt like we well, you can't tell until I'm there with the person. I just feel like it has to be done in the wild. Like what do you what's going to be more accurate? Ordering off a menu or you walk by a table with every entree and you get to see it. How many times does the other person order something and you're like, "Oh fuck, that's what I wanted." Okay. But you don't know until it's there. Can I pitch you this though? Because I had a friend who was like, I'm done with the apps. I'm getting off all the apps. I'm deleting everything. And I was like, you know, the apps, the real people are in the apps. So now you're just going to meet them all slower. Yeah. Like, like it's not like you didn't you didn't get away from any. They're not only in your phone. So now you're just going to not know when they're in proximity to you. I'm not saying the apps are great. But I, I also think we get the worst versions of ourselves on each app. For sure. But to your point. I did not know how to pitch myself at all. Oh, yeah? I mean, it was oh. dreadful. I had my my roommate, this guy named Torrance. When you say pitch, he, you mean first like, message? Pictures, or? everything. Yeah. Like everything. Just, just the online persona. I didn't know yeah. what I was, how to present myself. I wanted to be f- funny, I guess. Yeah. But like, especially when it comes to like sex, like pictures, like being sex. Ugh. Yeah. I think my picture yeah. was like, I was like, I was wearing a tank top. I looked good, but I was like in an airport bathroom when I took it. <laughs> I was, uh, it was all yeah. wrong. Yeah. It was all wrong. Yeah. yeah. I, had a, I had a headshot on there. That's terrible. Oh, That's yeah, real yeah, bad yeah, form. Yeah, 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 yeah. You cannot have a headshot. No, you can't. Okay. But <laughs> do you think then, because this is the other part of, of uh, being on them. And using because this this also falls in line with the standards thing because then people put their standards in their bio or in their first message or depending on how the app works depends on what they project to the world that they're looking for in someone mm-hmm. right um i feel like all of those instances except for some of the instances of the pictures you post of yourself are also situations people would have seen you in like it's literally all the same. It's just packaged differently. So then I know that I pick my first five pictures on whatever dating app, but they are pictures of me that a person could have been there for, unless they're like, you know, specifically like airport bathroom or something like that. Yeah. But then outside of that, it's like, okay, a picture of me with my friends hanging out on a camping trip, a picture of me on stage to let people know I do comedy, a pe- whatever the thing is. And so, I, I just think that there's no right way. All of it is about diving in. 
And I think that setting apart standards and then setting apart like how you meet the people is just a, a way of trying to feel like we can control it when we we really just don't. A lot of people can't help who they're attracted to as well. Of course. How tall are you? I'm 5'8". What do you think about the the like tall guy discord? There, there feels like there's been a very kind of like everyone feels very comfortable being like, Short guy, tall guys only. Now there's like a short king renaissance, I guess. Yeah, yeah but yeah, like, yeah. Think about you know what king? it is? It, it's it's honestly the two groups that I feel like understand each other the most and have it really rough in dating are like um, uh, short men and big women because both of, especially for straight people, both groups that are the opposite have no problem openly shitting on them and being like don't be this you know what i mean and it's it's a thing that if it was any other group or if it was any other type of person we would see how like monstrous it is like it's like it's like literally kind of evil uh and and for some reason it's like acceptable i think the two the two reasons that it's persisted and and it like seems feel like it feels acceptable in polite society uh are just because those are like those are two situations in life where you can probably still be okay but then people get very blatant like it's almost like a group think that if we can all be blatant about this thing it's all right you know sure and i feel like not this this might sound more spiteful than i mean for it to sound uh but it's why sometimes i don't feel bad for people when they get themselves into a pickle dating situation wise. Cause I'm like, if one of your things is just tall, then like, yeah, you're going to get what you're going to get. Like, like, like if one of your, like I, I guarantee you West Elm Caleb wouldn't have happened if he was short. Uh, but let's go on to our next segment. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. Do you have a thing that's got to stop for us, Josh, other than making lists oh of things you want out of a partner? Um, Okay. There's no way that I don't come off like the worst curmudgeon. Uh, but like this is the downside. I mean, this yeah, is the place yeah, to be. Here. This is this is this is the right place for it. I don't know if I can fully get on board with there's a there's um how do I put it? There's an instinct to be excited for everyone that's about to have a kid. And we can't do because I know, like, it, like it. Not you, but you as an example. It's like if I know you, and I know you're like out of your mind. I I can't I can't just keep helping everyone lie to you that this is great news. What? But it's like there's nothing to be done. You're either proposing abortion, <laughs> which is a big proposition. Mm-hmm. Which probably or yeah, yeah or it's like it's gonna happen. I remember. I know this is as I, I hope I hope John Mulaney is doing fantastically, and I'm the biggest fan. But it was very funny on Seth Meyers. He goes to Seth Meyers, and it's like he's been four months since the four months out of rehab, and he's announcing that he's now going to be a dad. And the general thing you have to do is just go like, oh, congrats. But like, what's the other option to be like, oh, what are you going to do? I think we're stuck. I think we're stuck with this problem. I think we're stuck if we're trying to be polite about it. I think what the thing is to do is the thing you did. I think that if someone, if someone is <laughs> like, if someone is like a lunatic, 
and they're like, oh, yeah, I've been dating for someone two days and she's pregnant. I, I'm going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> what are you going to do? Because that's a much more because that's what I'm thinking as well. And I don't know if I give them anything by pretend because you know what what else it does inadvertently. It makes it no person feels the same way about everything and no group feels the same way about everything. And so there are going to be people that help color the experience by being like, um, oh, are you okay? Or like what, like whatever that thing is, because some things are a bad idea. And uh-huh. I think that it's weird that for some people it's a bad idea and we act like it's a good idea out of politeness, but at least one person, whether they, it's cause they know you really well or they don't know you at all. At least one person in your life should be honest with you when you're making a huge mistake or when you're like, or when you haven't thought something through. Because I'm not saying that there's anything for us to do. I'm just saying that, like, oh, hey, all right, just so you know, that's going to, like, change your whole life. So okay. Yeah. So your whole life is different now. It's even different right now. Kid's not here yet, and your life's different now. Because the kid will always be about to be here until the kid is here, and then they're your kid forever. And I think that there's not enough, like, weight put on it. It's like if 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 you knew I was in debt. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, hey, my man, check this out. And then I from under my from under my shirt, I pull out the biggest chain you've ever seen, and I'm like, 100 grand right here. You wouldn't be like, this great, buddy. <laughs> but I You'd think be the like, difference what is the chain do? comes with a receipt. And a baby is, I would, I, I think that the response would be like, how pregnant? How long in? How far in? What yeah. state do you live in right now? Even questions yeah. are better. Even questions are better than just like, great. But if your question is like, what's the the legal amount of time before you can get an abortion? Yeah. That's the first question. See, I'd but I feel like if I'm being honest, my natural thing isn't even like faking a congrats. I feel like I, if, a nat- if I was being honest, it's more indifference. I've had friends that got pregnant and I did the congratulations thing and then forgot. And then four months later saw them and like, oh my God, I forgot they were pregnant just because it doesn't register. What in would my you mind. say? Well, because I'm like, oh, they're doing their own right life. Right now, I don't- you know me. You know my life is. So do it right now. So so my life, he knows my life and I'm a bit of a messy person. But I, so if I said, Russell, Russell. Big news. Kill it now. I would, I would. No, I would. I wouldn't hesitate with you. I wouldn't with you. I would be like. You think kill it I, now? Here's the, thing, here's the thing. I don't know that many people. The people that I know that have had kids are. I was expecting it. Is what I'm saying. Like in my life, or their cousins that I'm like don't have much of a relationship to. I haven't had the experience yet of like someone in. I mean, I have one friend in New York that had a baby. That's the only person that I know in New York that's had a baby. Yeah, you know, so that I'm like. But what would you that say? Was shocking. But truly, what would you say? So I, 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 I say, no, I would, I, say, I, would, I would say, are you, I would ask you if you're, if what, what your, what the options are. <laughs> if I can, Russell. Oh, you're going to be excited. Okay. Russell, guess what? Tova and I are having a baby. You know, I would say congrats. I would. And, See? and, and it, would be, it would be wrong. It would be wrong. <laughs> It would be wrong. It's now, like what would you say? You, you you only know me so well, but if I came yeah. to the cellar to a 2 a.m. spot on a Saturday, I was like, I hey, Joe's pregnant. I don't know what your financial situation or a bunch of other things are. So I, I would be like, oh, okay. So like, I would more ask questions about if you were going to stay in New York. 
Because I feel like that's also a thing that you say. So when are you moving? Kind of like yeah. Like I think that it's a very it's a very distinct decision to stay here and have a kid. I know people who got pregnant and knew they were moving as soon as they realized they were pregnant because yeah. they were like, I can't raise a kid here. I've seen I've seen too much. I think I've seen too much as an adult to raise a kid here with fresh eyes that I don't. Oh. So then, have you seen any comics at the cellar? Like they have their baby and they start bringing it to the comics table with the baby. I've never seen a baby in the cellar. I don't think. I think that then also goes back to self-awareness. Sure. I think that I, I don't know a, a comic that's a seller comic that wouldn't recognize that bringing their baby to the <laughs> comics table would completely kill the vibe. It would be interesting for four minutes and then it would be a huge bummer. I think bummer. that's too long. They would, they would also, they, if they did do it, they'd have to sit on the outside of the booth so that they could easily get up. Yeah. Because if they're in the middle of the booth and now three people got to move because the baby, like, like sh- the baby actually shit at the table and someone's trying to have like their chicken cutlet and the baby and you can just smell it and you can't not smell it right away just because they leave. It's like, it's too much. Yeah. And, and, we smell enough as it is as yeah. comedians. And so I, I honestly think I would I would be like, um, oh, wow. So what? Like, I would almost get a read from you since I don't know your situation as much. Yeah. I'm more talking about people who I know. And, you know, there's such a fallacy that, like, sort of love is all you need and all this stuff like that. And no, it's no, like, no. I know people <laughs> who I'm like, right now, you shouldn't. I can't control you. I wouldn't try to. But outside looking in right now, that's a bad idea. So then if they told me, I'd be like, oh, oh, God. like one of my best friends uh, had a pregnancy scare and I wasn't like congratulate anything. I was just like, so what are y'all going to do? And he was like, well, you know, we're going to we're going to wait out the next like day because this might be a false whatever. Yeah. And then sure enough, it was, it was like, they only took one pregnancy test and then they needed to, they didn't have another one to take. And then they took another one the next day and it was like, but I was like very much like, what are y'all going to do? I was always, I've, when I was dating, I I was always wore condoms, but once I was with someone and they, I mean, it's probably bad what they did. They took it off in the middle. Mm. I didn't have much time to really give it a lot of thought. But yeah. it, but like I that's could never. It's real bad. It, yeah, it was real bad. <laughs> it was real that's bad. Awesome. It was real bad if I wasn't like immediate. Like, oh, okay, I guess this is. Yeah, bad. yeah. But so yes, real bad for sure. Yeah. But I remember this is how I know it. I could never have dealt with pregnancy scares. It was terrifying because mm-hmm. she she was she lived in in London, and so she went back to London, and I would check her Instagram stories because I was so nervous that maybe she got pregnant. And I would check her Instagram stories. And the moment I saw her like drinking a martini, like, you know, a couple months later, I was like, oh, thank God. She's, she's, she's either not pregnant or a very bad mother. Yeah. But and that's so, like what I was, that's like the anxiety I felt. Yeah. Just from that one time. Oh, this would was be enough for me to wear condoms forever. Oh, this was your hookup or was this, this a friend's? Hookup. Oh, a my friend's hookup. hookup. Okay. Gotcha. And, gotcha. and, and uh, I just, it was like the one time I had unprotected sex. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, she she. Uh, oh, but you didn't talk about this thing with her. Like you didn't tell like you didn't express to her that you were worried that she might be pregnant. No, because it, it was like a one. It was like a two night stand thing. OK. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. Got you. And, uh, uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't live in London, lived in London, a Jew, Jewish lady in London came over here for just came over here to. 
to take the to condom see off. some LOL. It was an LOL. Did she hookup. take the condom off? No, yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. She yeah. took the condom off, and so she was on. She was on top. She like got up really quick, took it off, went back down. And yeah, I'd say, I would yeah. say I had about 0.7 seconds. That's pretty bad because then you can't even like hip swing to get to get it out yeah. of the way. Yeah. You like that's yeah that well you know it's also like I don't know was it like like were you thinking about that in the moment? They're like she took the condom off. Yeah, it happened. It just happened so fast, and then yeah. it was it was immediately like too late mm-hmm. for me to change my mind. The deed had been done, mm. and then it was uh, having used a condom for so long. It was it was quite nice, and so yeah. I think like in my head, I'm doing very quick math yeah. of like, well, there's already been three pumps. Might it as also, well yeah. get the next two in and be done with it. It it also then. is is so. <laughs> It would be so wild if she took that condom off and then you were like, uh, wow, this is like the same. Yeah. This is, put the condom back on. This yeah. is the, like, like what's, well, this isn't worth the risk now. Yeah. This is the same. That'd be insane. That'd be like, it would be so easy to be a responsible person after yeah. that. Cause then even from that one instance, you'd be like, guys, it's the same. Yeah. All right. Sadly, it was very much not the same. Yeah. It was. It is uncomfortable how much not the same it is. Yeah. It's like it feel. You know, it actually feels like because just from the world, I'm only talking about like from abroad. Like if you were an alien and you were looking down the world and you're watching human behavior, it just like like dick to vagina is just not even is is just is just not even close because even I feel like my friends. Like, my friends who are gay still don't do the dumb things for other men that I see men do for women when they're, like, in it. When they're like, oh, I just want to get to the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so that, yeah. that's actually what makes me think dick must not be worth as much. Because my all my gay <laughs> friends are just much more sensible people, even as sexually driven people, right? <laughs> so then I'm like, that doesn't seem fair. But then it's like, well, what in, like, what could be switched? And I feel like it would be weed. I feel like people should have weed in between their legs and you should be able to smoke pussy. Like, that would be a better world to me. Because then... I feel like I've met people who are like, yeah, I smoked weed once and it was like, fine. I'm like, a drug shouldn't be fine. A uh-huh. drug should be better than that. Yeah. And that's part of why marijuana isn't seen as a drug. Because it's like, not only is it sometimes just fine, but it's like natural, comes from the earth and everything. But also, it's like impossible to get addicted. You should be able to get addicted to weed the way that you can get addicted <laughs> to vaginas. Like, yeah. I feel like if it was weed, people would be making much more rational decisions uh-huh. if they got to have sex with weed because then they'd be like guys it's fine you don't even get addicted yeah it's like natural but it's not even whereas like then you go smoke pussy and you're like guys this is this is wild i like i like like the idea smoke it smoking some puss Mm -hmm. i feel like you with a pipe you put one thumb on the asshole just to like (laughs) you know let it be (laughs) (laughs) um all right uh uh let's go to our final segment Your blessing. You better count your blessing. Uh, uh, Russell, do you have a blessing for us today? Just a quick, easy one. Uh, um, my blessing is Dr. Schwartz giving me. It was nice of a, do- a doctor in New York City to give me a cell phone number to to reach him directly if True. I need to be with the anxiety that I have around that sort of thing. So, 
Uh, that's I, I th- and you're n- you're not a call abuser. You're gonna no. I'm I'm never gonna call. Like it would only be if it's a prescription thing. I think you I think you could be dying and you'd be like I can't bother him. Uh, now. Yeah, no. I think so. I think but that, I thought that was lovely. Doctor Schwartz, Doctor Schwartz. That doesn't really narrow it down for doctors. <laughs> so uh, shout out to you wherever you are. Um, my blessing. Uh, we had a uh, Alex Brightman was a guest of ours. He's a Broadway oh, performer. Yes, and he told this story about. He thought he got a death threat from someone at the stage door. He ended up deleting his Instagram. Yeah. Uh, she was banned from the theater. Security took her away. All this stuff. And we always, and, yeah. What? Oh no, go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we well we did. It seemed like it might have been a misunderstanding. Yeah. I uh, uh, and he 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 said that, that yeah. as much too, but it was a scary thing. And she, my girlfriend, recently found her on Twitter. She came forward. This woman saying that she had accidentally. Been just joking, making jokes on Instagram and ended up getting banned from the Schubert Theater, getting, uh, you know, contacted by high level security. And so it was very, very cool bookend to this to this story to see this poor little girl seeing her i was like oh you poor thing you yeah. just thought you're making a cute joke a little joke and got ejected and banned. banned from everyone and like your Broadway favorite show. celebrity deleted his social media <laughs> and what but what was the joke was it well, like she, i saw to meet him and she, stab him well she, no like, she she was like she basically was like it was took a picture of her in the crowd waiting to get in and i think she was trying to like endear herself to him saying like she people was, are crazy out here she's like you don't want to come out of the stage door today but like face, like stone cold face in the crowd. And, and she was th- just talking about, cause there were a lot of like kind of crazed Beetlejuice fans there. Yeah. But she said, and you don't want to come out of the stage door. And so that, I'm not going to lie. That is pretty funny. Hearing <laughs> his telling, <laughs> and if you had looked at her story, I guess it would have been clear, but hearing his version too, it's a real, uh, uh, Rashomon, is that what they call it? Where different the story from different perspectives. Yeah, where we really got it from his perspective, which was randomly tagged in one story of someone like this. Don't come to the stage door, and then you see a twenty-one-year-old girl being like, "I just wanted to see the show, and I'm a big fan." And yeah, uh, it was just kind of a very cool. And Tova, uh, who has oh, watched yeah. every video on TikTok, uh, <laughs> was able to find it, and she often finds a lot of. A, things that relate to this podcast yeah. on there. So thank you, Tova. And thank you to that to that poor woman. You I should have her on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're considering it. Uh uh do you have a blessing for us? Um Yeah, okay. Wait, let's see. Make sure this is Okay. Um so my dog, um uh, whose name is Chance he very much, very much loves the snow. Uh, he has a very thick coat, so he doesn't get cold out there. And he loves it more than anything. Like, like we've given him, we've given him almost every meat we can think of. And even though he loves those treats and he loves like cooked, like if we cook some chicken, he like his eyes light up and everything. The snow is just like another, it's another level, right? And it snowed a little while back, and there were some mounds that were made near the trees and everything um, in our neighborhood from people shoveling the snow out of the way. And he loves to climb those, and he climbs them like a little bear. He's a Sheba, but he he has such good jumps that he just jumps and then like hugs the tree with the snow on it. And I'm just very grateful that I got to see that. That's like a level of joy that I had never seen in an animal. And I don't know if 
I don't, that's like such a particular part of joy that I hadn't accessed it until I saw him do that mm. and uh, how much he loves it. And so that's, that's definitely something. That I think as, me. as a depressed person, I think about dog, like one thing that dogs like show you very frequently is just kind of a kind of joy that you're like, Oh, that's possible mm-hmm. in some realm. Mm-hmm. If I can forget about these other things. So yeah. that's, that's a, that's a beautiful one. Um, well, uh, for those, uh, listening, just, uh, uh, anything you want to plug? Oh yeah. So if you have liked me or anything I've said, uh, I also have a podcast called the Josh Johnson show. I talk with my good buddy and fellow comedian, Logan Nielsen, tell him stories about going on the road, stories from life and everything. And we just have a generally awesome time. And then other than that, would you know when the episode's going to come out? I'm not sure. Probably like in a month though. Okay, so a month from now, my mixtape should have dropped. I have a mixtape coming out on all the streaming platforms that you can listen to things on every audio platform called Channel Black, and it's me, um, Dulce Sloan, um, Ashton Womack, and Randall Otis oh, all yeah. came together and made like a comedy compilation oh, tape. Nice. And it's so it's us, and then it's uh, clips from lesser-known uh, speeches from like popular black activists and everything. And it'll be very fun. Check it out. What, what activists do? Um, so we have one from Marcus Garvey and then we have one from Dick Gregory, uh, testifying for Congress about getting more, um, resources into like poor neighborhoods and everything. And so we use those as sort of like interludes between the comics. Fuck. Yeah. What was the name of that again? Channel black, channel black. Uh, Russell, I don't Uncle, know. What, yeah, Uncle Function. Just, but Uncle Function was it second Friday of every month? Second Friday of every month. Asylum NYC. Um, and then for those, uh, uh, just a reminder for the downside, uh, we, we we took a pause on the Patreon. But if you do want to join the Patreon, you get access to all our back episodes, and we'll let you know when it's reactivated. Um, and I know some of you are probably wondering, we had to remove some of our old episodes because of some things Russell said. Fuck you. That there's a video going on, <laughs> okay, a compilation okay, of if you want to okay. see it online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, me, uh, uh, find me, find me online. I'm going to be, I think the big one is I'll be headlining Dynasty Typewriter March 30th in LA. But I'm doing a lot of stuff. Gilda's Laugh Fest in March. Comics Mohegan Sun in August. Uh, uh, DC Comedy Loft in no- November and there's gigs in between those dates so find me at your Marco Cerezi everywhere and um, you know I-, I hope you enjoy tell your friends about the downside but otherwise just sit back tonight relax and smoke some of that dank dank pussy pot this is the downside one two three downside